Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope this holiday season has been a season filled with joy for you. I hope you have been able to connect heart to heart with family, with friends, and I hope you are feeling all the feels of the holidays. Maybe you've been baking cookies. Maybe you've done a little holiday crafting. I hope you've been busy wrapping presents, window shopping. I hope you've driven through a neighborhood that's all lit up with Christmas lights and the magic of the season. And I hope while you're busy at all these tasks, you found yourself humming a familiar Christmas carol or one of your favorite holiday tunes. There are so many, so, so many holiday songs and holiday traditions that I absolutely love. Tree hunting with my kids and my grandkids, tree trimming, making and eating special foods we only have during the holidays or we have a lot more of during the holidays, wearing our footied pajamas on Christmas morning, having our annual scavenger hunt. Every year I say, this is it. I'm not doing this much work ever again, but it's something we so look forward to. These are some of the things I look forward to all year long, but Christmas music, probably one of the biggest things I cherish. And you know what? It's also one thing right up there with faith, hope, and love that can never be taken from us, no matter how bad times might get, no matter how dark the winter may be, there is Christmas music, songs to lift our spirits. You might have noticed a lot of shortages on the store shelves or found something you wanted to purchase was on back, back, back order. But thankfully, music is not in those categories. New music and Christmas music especially is in abundance this year. Many artists say they were inspired to create new hopeful holiday music after enduring the socially distanced holiday season last year. Music was one thing they could count on to carry them through, and they wanted to share it. They wanted to make more good music. We've seen new holiday albums from Kelly Clarkson, Nora Jones, Brett Young, Pentatonix, Darren Chris, and there's a beautifully remastered album of Nat King Cole songs, too. Some of these newcomers have been added to the Christmas music rotation on my Delilah radio show, and a lot of them have been added to my personal playlist. But wait, there's more! Another beloved artist released his first holiday album this year, the Oh So Smooth. That's a little hint there. Mr. Smooth three-time Grammy Award winner Rob Thomas. He has given us something about Christmas time, a new Christmas album with 10 tracks in all. Most of them are brand new originals. Some are covers and some are wonderful duets. My favorite has to be Small Town Christmas. I love it because even though I love visiting the Big Apple at Christmas time, I am a small town girl through and through. We'll have an opportunity to catch up with Rob Thomas and get all the details about this new album, all the wonderful things he's been up to. Let me tell you, he and his wife have a heart, such a heart for kids and dogs and creatures. Right now, though, I'm going to sing the praises of a sponsor that helps me be able to have these great conversations and to be able to share them with you. 
If you have been listening to my voice on the radio for years, then you know that I have been around on the radio for years. Off the radio, I'm taking care of my kids, taking care of my dogs, riding my horses, growing plants in my gardens. And you know what? It hurts. It does. My hands hurt. My back hurts. My knees hurt. But when I started taking Omega XL, I noticed a difference within the first month. Omega XL, when taken every day, gives me relief in my hands and my joints like nothing else. If you suffer from pain associated with inflammation, I urge you to try Omega XL. When you try Omega XL, you will see a difference in the quality of your life. You'll see a difference in your joints. I even see a difference in the way my skin feels and the way my hair grows. I kid you not, my hair grows more rapidly when I take my Omega XL every day. In fact, if I forget to take my Omega XL for a few weeks, Oh boy, do I notice a difference. OmegaXL.com forward slash love to place your order and to discover all the wonderful goodness of Omega XL. Hey, how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you, Rob? I'm wonderful. It's nice to see you. I wish we could do these somehow, like put them on our website and actually use the video because you're so dang cute. Oh, I'll listen to you. Please tell me more. Tell is me that more. your house? Are you in your home? Yeah, this is my studio. So like uh, everything here on this side is all uh, like the living portion of the studio and the hanging portion. And then everything that you don't see is the working portion. Is the equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. But do you notice mine is a little more, um, how do we say this nicely, uh, cluttered and disorganized than yours? That's okay. You know, they <laughs> say that geniuses are cluttered and disorganized. Well, then I am pretty damn smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the Einstein of radio. I am because cluttered and disorganized only for me, like I know where stuff is. And when somebody tries to organize me, unless it's my engineer, Ryan, who's here in the studio with me, when somebody tries to organize me, I get so flustered because I'm like, I always keep my extra pins piled up in that coffee cup. My mother had OCD, right? And she was very meticulous about everything. And a lot of that rubbed off on me in the sense that like, I was the only kid that would, you know, that would spend early Saturday afternoons cleaning his room and rearranging it and getting excited by it. But I will say, hold on. I like, if you look over there, like see the way, like all that mess over there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Like, I do have some scheduled chaos in my life. Now I feel, uh, now I can breathe though, since you showed me yeah. that, Rob. My wife hates that part of my, of my life. <laughs> Every time, you know, the, the studio is the area where like anything that we get that she doesn't want in our home is like, oh, that'd be great for your studio. That would look nice down there. <laughs> Relegated to the studio. Yeah. Are we talking like the coffee table made out of an uh, antique ship wheel? If I had one of those, that's where it would go. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rob Thomas, let's just talk for a moment about your wife because, whoo. She's a smoke show, right? She is beautiful. Mm -hmm. You done good. She's amazing. We just celebrated 22 years married on October. Wow. Wow. The second. Congratulations. My anniversary is at the, the end of the month. We've been together 16 years, but married since 2012. I mean, we, we got married the year after we met. We jumped right in. And you were young 
and you married like a rock star supermodel and she married a rock star. So I'm sure everybody was thinking, ah, these two, they're never going to make it. Yeah. I mean, everything about it, you know, I mean, like you meet somebody and then a couple months later, you're telling everybody that you're going to get married. Cause I told her on our first date, the song that she was going to walk down the aisle to when we got married. What, what song had you picked out for your wedding on your first date to Marisol? It was uh, The Nearness of You, but the version by Keith Richards. And did you actually use that in your wedding? Let me tell you a little story. Yes, we did. But not only did we, we didn't think that version at the time, because remember, there was no YouTube. There was none of that stuff. You couldn't find it, right? It, was, it didn't exist. It only existed with Keith Richards. And he was holding on to it because he had done it in a film, uh, Basquiat. And he and so we were going to use the Shirley Bassey version, and we didn't know. I didn't know. She didn't know until she stood up and started to walk down the aisle. That a friend of ours that works with the Stones got a cassette tape of the Keith Richards version from Keith Richards, but he had to bring it to the wedding, play it, and then take it back to Keith. But I didn't know until I saw her walk down the aisle, and that version started playing. So then we both started. We just both started crying immediately. That might be one of the sweetest wedding stories I've ever heard in my life. It was so, it was so amazing. Cause when I met her, we had met for like five minutes and I got her phone number. And then I went to Europe for like a month and a half. And we just talked on the phone every night. She was in college. Now, was that back when you were like rock starring with Matchbox 20? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm still with Matchbox 20, but this was like, you know, the early days. Like I like to think at that time I was more famous than she thought that I was but I was less famous than I thought that I was. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and so I like uh, that. So, I like that. Like, I thought I was like, I've got a giant hit song on MTV right now. And she's like, you've got one song out. You know, like it was, she's like, come on. And so, uh, <laughs> when, but when I met her, we, we talked for a month and a half. And so we really got to know each other before we had like a date. And so when we f- had our first date, it was, I was a cheap day. It was, it was cheap too. Cause I brought her to a festival that I was playing in Boston. And so at the end we, she, she flew out and she was going to take the bus back with us to go back to New York. And, uh, we were sitting on the bus watching Basquiat, the movie Basquiat, that, that song came on. And I said, this is going to be the song that you walk down the aisle at our wedding to. On your first date. Yeah. And she didn't run. So I knew that she was a keeper. That's cause you're pretty damn cute. I was really cute then. You're really cute now. But yeah, you were. <laughs> we were all crushing on you back then. Oh, we were all so cute when we were young. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a really horrible wedding story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny now, but my first husband, I married him, you know, when you were probably not even a twinkle in your mama's eye. Uh, I met my first husband, who God has since called home, but I met him at the Kingdom when the Kingdom existed, and we were there for a radio event. We both were in radio, and unbeknownst to either one of us when we met, I had been following him for like 10 years of my career. Like, I was a kid. I was 21 years old, and I had been listening to him on the radio since I was a teenager, since I was like 13 years old. He was 10 years older than me. And kind of like with with you guys, it was, you know, love at first sight. And we fell in love. And two months into our relationship, we decided to elope. And we got to um, Reno, Nevada. And I chickened out. I was like, no, I want to have a real wedding. I want to wear a wedding dress. And so we came back. 
So you didn't, so you like some people would do the wedding and then do the ceremony anyway, but you just didn't, you didn't want to get married until you were married. Right, right. And right. so we came back and I made a wedding dress and I made my bridesmaids dresses and we had a little wedding, um, only had 18 people there at a park in Seattle and his brother was in charge of the music. So I had given him a mixtape that had, uh, the song was Always and Forever. Oh yeah. By Heatwave. So that was going to be what what I was going to walk into. And my older brother was the only member of my family to come. My family was not happy that I was getting married to this person. And we're outside the little park waiting for the music to start. And Matt's like, come on, let's just walk in because my husband's brother was messing with the music player. We had two little speakers set up and then he hits play. And instead of heat wave always and forever, he had put the song get down on it. In <laughs> instead. That is awesome. Delilah, to be fair, I mean, get down on. It's a really good song. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing says romance, like getting down on it. <laughs> <laughs> how long Bob, before you lost your, how long were you guys married? Uh, we were not married very long, long enough to create a beautiful life. We had a gorgeous son. How old your son? Our son is 37 now. He just turned 37. I have a 23-year-old from right before I met my wife. So uh, my oldest biological, he's my oldest biological, my oldest child, because I have many adopted children, is um, just a little north of the big four O. And my youngest child, who is in the other room watching VeggieTales, is five. That's a gap. That's a gap. But there's actually never been a gap. Like if there had ever been a gap, I couldn't do this. But sure, I just kept adopting. I think a lot of people who have kids and then get custody of their grandkids or have a second family, it's kind of awkward if they've gone like 10 years or more without changing. Sure. Them. Yeah. Well, because you get, you get used to kind of being alone, you, you know, like you get used to a rhythm, you get, that's why I think it's harder, you know, like for guys that are, they're, they're like in the mid forties, they've never gotten married. And then, you know, they might just stay that way because they, you get kind of set in your ways. Yeah. And, and stubborn. Yeah. Once you get used to that freedom, it's hard to wrap your mind around going to Cub Scout meetings or sleeping, you know, in a tent with 12 other small children. So. Well, that's like, so my wife and I, like, we don't have any kids. We, that was, you know, when I first met her, that was kind of, that was a big deal was the, you know, oh my God, we're in love. We've never felt like this before. By the way, full disclosure, I do have a baby on the way. You know, like that was a, that was a hard thing for her to get over because that was, that wasn't the way that she saw her life. I mean, she was this model who was going to college. She didn't see herself living on the road. She didn't see herself with somebody who already had a kid. You know what I mean? Like none of those things. I mean, now, 23 years later, we're like the most stable relationship that he's ever known, you know, and, and we're all, you know, we're all a family, but he, uh, he just graduated from college. So co-parenting worked out well. There wasn't like drama trauma I mean, you know, or there I mean, was. Yeah, there, no, there was some, there was some drama, obviously, uh, but it, but it how, all got how worked did, out. How now, did baby mama take to finding out you were in love and marrying? Well, we were together. Ah, at that you know, like we, we that was that was a short lived. Um, ah, you don't have to explain, Delilah. There's just there's a lot of nice people on the road. <laughs> 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 when you were young, there was just a lot of nice people who were generous with their time. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's talk, Rob Thomas, about your music and about the Christmas album that, oh, my gosh. Nobody warned me. Some of it's sad. It's just like an emotional roller coaster. You got joy. You got real. You got love. You got family. But then you got like you got really real. I mean, I think that's what the holidays make you feel, right? Yeah. You know I mean, like all of those emotions, they, they come around. It, it's an, you're an easy laugh and an easy cry during the holidays and, and at any given moment you don't know which one you're gonna which one you're gonna run to well i loved it because you know my show is a request and dedication show that's what i do every right. night all night i play songs that lyrically fit with your situation 
And the truth of the matter is, when you're alone at Christmas or when your son is in the military and you don't get to see him or your daughter is or they're away at college and right now you can't afford to fly them home, there's not really a standard Christmas song outside of, you know, I'll have a blue Christmas without you that I can play. Or no, when yeah, you're going and you through get a tired. Breakup. You get tired of all of these people telling you to be happy. You know, like, you, or, or even worse, telling you that you're supposed to be happy. Right. Like, somehow there's a deficit in your part because what you're going through doesn't fit with, you know, with the idea of what's supposed to be happening in the holidays, you know? Yeah. I know when you're grieving, uh, for me anyway, man, it hits hard. But do you feel it? Do you find that, that like, the first, you know, it's still raw and numb the first time and it feels like your heart's getting filleted. And then maybe the second time, maybe the third time, and then little by little, it starts to feel like a connection to them. Exactly. As opposed to yep. making you think about their absence. It makes you think about their when they were present. Yeah, very much so. The best illustration I saw was, you know, uh, a hole in your heart. And people used to think that as time went on, that hole shrinks. It doesn't. Your heart grows around it. You know, your heart enlarges around it. And what you just spoke of, those traditions that the first or second year, those traditions definitely just had me on the floor, slayed me. But now they are such a connection. Well, yeah, because, you know, grief isn't something that, that, that wanes and goes away over time. It's just something that becomes a part of you. Yeah. And so that's, that's different. It becomes a part of your DNA as opposed to something that you're just waiting to go away. You know, like that, it doesn't really do that. You're, you're, you're forever a different person. Every loss, it, it, it is, is definitely, you know, is a part of you. There's my wife and our favorite poet is uh, Edna St. Vincent Millay. And uh, she, had, you know, she had has it that, you know, like this poem, this is, uh, I think we're like, where you, where you left, there's a hole that I spend all my days walking around and trying not to fall into. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it badly, but it's, just, but it's like, that's, that's just kind of what it feels like. That's exactly what it feels like. So one of the songs that makes me so happy that doesn't fillet me, but <laughs> but makes me smile, and I you know I hit replay like three times. I listened to it while I was here in the studio when I was going through through the whole album. Is the song "The Small Town Christmas"? Oh, thanks. So where did did you grow up in a small town? Where did that come from? Well, you know it's funny because I did like I grew up uh, in South Carolina in uh, Lake City, which is a really small tobacco town. Uh, even on a good map, it's hard to find. But uh, <laughs> but I spent the last fifteen years here in Westchester, in New York, and that to me is like with like if if you you know Westchester is about forty five minutes north of the city, but once you get up here, it looks like a postcard, and especially at Christmas, it's all rolling hills and orchards and horse farms and you know lots of land, and so the snow it's just like blankets of snow for you know acres and acres. So for me, it's really it's really about about Westchester up here in New York. A lot of people think of New York just as the Big Apple, you know, yeah. people who have never lived on the East Coast or in Westchester or been to upstate New York. And, and even me, I mean, I'm from the West Coast, but I was on the East Coast for many, many years. And I thought of New York as the Big Apple. And then I moved to Rochester. Right. And I went, whoa. Even, well, even more so, people think of like when I tell people Westchester, they think upstate. But in truth, Westchester is, is literally, it's called downstate. That's what it's called. It's, there's downstate, which is we're the northern suburbs. So like, you know, like, like if you go off to the, you know, to one side, you've got New Jersey. If you go off to the east, you've got Long Island, which is, you know, a, one suburb. 
And then you've got Westchester. So we're, you know, people that work in the city live up here. So we're just a commute, but it feels like it's so different. Like, like, you know, Rochester, Albany, that's, that's upstate. That is it's, up, a big, up. it's a bigger state than that's people Canada. think. Yeah. That's Canada. That's Canada. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, yeah. That's Canada. Yeah, it is. But my point is there's mountains, there's horse farms, there's cattle farms, there's, yeah. uh, you know, like you said, the burbs, but it doesn't feel or look like a metropolitan area. It's just like you said, a, a postcard. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful up here. And I mean, we, I, we were in the city for a while. My wife was born and raised. She was a Queens girl. And, uh, we, but we, we came up here and just fell in love with it, you know, and we like the proximity to the city. And I think that's, that's important for us to be able to, you know, to, to get in and out of it. But uh, we found ourselves, you know, year after year going in less and less and being, you know, up here people a lot more than we were in the city people. Well, I could use the pandemic as the reason, but I'm kind of enjoying, I got to be honest, Rob, I'm kind of enjoying just being shut in with my family. I don't mind it. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a part of me that's like that, 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 but it used to be that I could get both of those itches scratched, right? Because I could go on the road and it was, every day is new and there's always new people. And I like new people. I like meeting people. I like interacting with, with strangers. And then when I get off the road, it's a long time of just nothing, you know, and, and isolation. And uh, I think it's because the, the whole job is supposed to be two-pronged. I'm supposed to create and then go share that thing that I created. And right here, I've been just creating, 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 and I don't get that the joy of the interaction and that shared moment when once you you know when you go out and you, and you get to play it with a group of people, like a, a group of like-minded individuals all on the same page in the same moment. There's something beautiful about that, and, and I do miss that interaction. But 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 I but I fare pretty well as a shut-in. No, for the most part, it's been me and Madi alone. It's just the two of us. I mean, her mom. Uh, years ago, we bought her mom and dad a place that's only like six miles away. So they're part of our bubble. And like once or twice a week, we have catch up night where, where everybody will get together at somebody's house and, you know, and have dinner. But most of the time, it's, it's me and, and Madi and the pups. And so it's amazing that we fared as well as we have. Like, you know, by now, we thought we'd be, you know, walk downstairs and see each other and be like, oh, you again. But we're, uh, <laughs> but you know, but we, I, I, we still like each other. We're still getting along. So it's, it's kind of amazing. How many pups? You and your wife have an amazing organization, an umbrella organization, as I understand it. Like you don't have an actual rescue at your house, right? We we fund other rescues. Yeah, we you know we help either help them get uh, like kennels and runs to, or medical supplies or do big rescues. Uh, it's more you know these these uh, there's a lot of great organizations that are that are helping animals and no kill shelters, and so we're you know we're about getting critical funding to all of these places as they need them and try and trying to do that during the pandemic has been tricky trying to figure out how to raise the money so that we can still keep these grants flowing to everybody but we have we had the two and uh just like uh, three or four months ago we lost our, our guy sammy he was with me for fifth, almost 15 years he would have been 15 like a month later and he was my constant my constant you know every every night in the studio like he was just with me on the road on the bus and so that you know it's that having that constant presence all the time and then not having it. That was, that was kind of a big hit. Um, but, but now it's just me and uh, Ollie. I, see Ollie? Ollie. I see Ollie here. Okay, my turn. Let me see if I can do this. Oh, Ruby. who's that? Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Oh, how's Ruby? Uh, Ruby is two. Ruby is my latest rescue. Oh, she's a puppy. She's a puppy. And she's 
probably 40 pounds heavier than I was, you know, really looking for. <laughs> but she's the best dog I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I mean, I, every every couple of days, I you know, I would look at my boys and just say that I, I, I like I, I miss them. I miss them already. You know, like I already miss them. She is like the best dog I've ever met in my life. Well, you know, the thing about our dogs is they're not disciplined in any way <laughs> whatsoever. Like we've given them like literally just run. My wife, we get into these arguments. Like just last night, like we're sitting there eating and we have these, like we, we steam these little carrots and we give them some carrots and he starts barking if you take too long. And I'm like, no. And she looks at me, she's like, don't say no to him. I'm like, no. So we have a, a, <laughs> our, our manager. Michael uh, Lipman has has this this theory, and we, we do we do kind of subscribe to this theory is that you know you can spoil your dogs because if you have a spoiled dog, the worst you're going to get is a spoiled dog. Like if you spoil your kids, you're going to get an asshole. But if you spoil your dogs, you're just going to get a spoiled dog. So if you're going to spoil anything, it should it should be the pups. Yeah, that's so they, true. They, they literally can do anything and go anywhere, and and they there's no consequences for any of their actions whatsoever. Yeah, I have very undisciplined dogs outside. You know, I say, come, and they look at me like, you got to be kidding. There's a deer over there. I got to go. But this dog came to me this way. I mean, she's just super well-behaved. Yeah, well, indoors too. Like this one's such a love, 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 love. Just wants to like crawl inside of you and cuddle up everywhere every all the time. So tell me about this organization. What's the name of your organization? Uh, Sidewalk Angels Foundation. And you don't just help organizations that are rescuing animals well no there's also uh, no kill shelters as well um you know the thing about uh, the no kill shelters which is great is you you can adopt from a no kill shelter but you don't have to rescue from a no kill shelter because these animals are rescued once they go to a no kill shelter they have a home they're taken care of they have love but they just don't have a forever home yet and so you know we're we would love to see all of new york and all the country uh be a full no kill nation at some point and that you know that would be that would be amazing but, you know, we also work with, we work with organizations that teach about the responsibility of owning animals. We work with uh, organizations that take in homeless, battered women with their pets. We work with, you know, organizations that help children with autism through animals and having animal interaction. It's all animal related causes, but it's just in, in all the different facets of how they can be a part of your life. But SidewalkAngelsFoundation.org, if anybody gets a chance to check it out. I would love for people to check it out and I would love for people to support it because like you said, COVID hit and you're not touring and yet you're still supporting all these great organizations. And Yeah, it's and been doing really hard. Really I mean, usually things. it was all kind of built into the job. Every We had a residency every year at Borgata that we would do that raised most of our funds for the year. But then if I was touring, a little proceed from every ticket sold would go to Sidewalk Angels Foundation or I would be able to go out and do sometimes just full tours that are just for Sidewalk Angels, but not being able to do that you know, you have to get more creative now with your funding. Or we could just say, please, people, if you have a heart for pets and especially service animals that help kids. I, I know that a lot of my listeners have children on the autistic spectrum. And, and if you do, you yeah. know how precious that bond and how priceless that bond is when when a kid on the spectrum is able to connect with an animal and get therapy that way. Yeah, my ne- my nephew's on the spectrum as well. Yeah, sidewalkangelsfoundation.org. Um, because the good thing about it too is, you know, we also talk about all the places that we help. So if you live near one of those places, you know, and you can't give to us, then maybe just go there and donate your time. Shelters always need something. Sometimes they need they need blankets or they need food or they need some of your old uh, veterinary medical supplies. So any of those things you can do to help. 
I'm loving getting caught up with Rob Thomas. Let me lavish a little praise right now on one of my podcast sponsors, and then I want to hear more. I've been singing the praises of Laura Geller beauty products all year long. Their makeup is designed especially for women over 40, and I so appreciate that. I've enjoyed trying their many shades of luxurious lipsticks, and I love the feeling of their Balance and Brighten Powder Foundation. Formulated to glide over and blur fine lines, never cracking or caking. They have a full range of beauty products, including primers, hydrating foundations, lipsticks, a dazzling array of eyeshadows, and so much more. You'll find many pampering products to choose from for holiday gift giving and your own personal use. Visit LauraGeller.com and use the promo code Laura25 for 25% off your order. We talked about the small town Christmas, but you've got some beautiful duets on the album. Yeah, everybody on there. So everybody on the record is a friend, like, because again, I'm kind of locked down here. It had to be someone that I could reach out to personally and just ask them if they would do this for me. So like B.B. Winans, B.B. Winans sang at my wedding. He's been one of our dear friends for 20, you know, three years. I've known him as long as I've known Mahdi. Uh Brad Paisley has been a friend for 20 some odd years. Uh, Ingrid Michelson, I just met recently, a couple years ago. She was promoting her Christmas album and I was out doing like a Christmas tour for radio. And we just kind of bonded over what geeks we are about Christmas and how much we love decorating and Christmas movies. And, and so I knew that if I called her up, that she would be into doing it. Okay. Favorite Christmas movie? It's a Wonderful Life. Ah, that's mine and my producer Janie's too. But you know what my kid's favorite one is? Elf. Elf. Yeah. My five-year-old discovered Elf last year. We watched Elf every day. Yeah, I mean, listen, it is, a, it is a modern classic, you know? There's a few of those. Uh, I don't know if you've... Family Man with Nicolas Cage is a great one. Um, Scrooged. Love Scrooged. Unbelievable. Uh, my favorite Christmas Carol is The Muppets Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas, of course. And all, and all those, you know, those cartoons, right? Like all the... What do you like the claymation, the animation, you know, with uh, I want to be a dentist. Yes, exactly. Herbie, the dentist. We can be independent together. (laughs) (laughs) So are you, will your son be with you this Christmas season? Will we? I hope so, because I've missed it on the last two Christmases. So he graduated from college and he used to live in Boston. So it was great because I could, you know, we could see each other all the time. Now, as soon as he graduated, he, he went to Berkeley College of Music. And then him and his band jetted off to Los Angeles. So now they're on the other side of the country and then everything locked down. So we haven't really been able to see each other. And I'm hoping that this holiday is the time. So he got some of dad's musical DNA. Yeah, he's a really, really good guitar player and writer. So I'm, I'm really excited about the stuff that they're doing. Very cool. So tell us how we can find your son. We know how to find Rob Thomas. How do we find your son? Well, you know what? You can go check out uh, on Spotify. He has a band called Handmade House. He's the cute guitar player with the glasses. Handmade house. And his name? His name is Mason Avery William Thomas Udy. Wow. With an exclamation point. Actually, on on his birth certificate, he has an exclamation point because I think his mother and I were high. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, you are a kick, Rob Thomas. Thank you for spending this time with us. Are you kidding me? This has been the most fun interview I've done in a while. Thank you. You are awesome. You are wonderful. And I, I've admired, I've loved your music. And I just so oh, appreciate what you do for God's creatures. Thank you. And thank you for, you know, for letting me come and talk to you on your show. I appreciate that. All right. Have a wonderful, wonderful Merry Christmas. I love you too. It's good to see you. Bye-bye, honey. Bye. Oh, there is just something about Christmas time, isn't there? Memories to treasure, so many more memories to make, especially if you've got littles or grandkids. Uh, It's a time of feasting, a time of gladness, a time of goodness, a time of peace on earth, goodwill towards men, no matter what is going on in the world. I also know it's a difficult season, especially, especially if you're alone or missing a loved one or in the midst of a personal battle, all the glitz, all the conspicuous consumption, even in these tough times, that can be overwhelming. And that is where music comes in. Let it soothe you. Let it soothe your heart. If your heart is tattered and torn, let it comfort you. Let it energize you. Let it be the soundtrack to your tears if you need to cry, to your laughter, to all the emotion that this season brings about. I'm playing all your old favorites and your new favorites on my radio show, and I hope you will continue to join me there. I'm also sharing stories and doing my best to keep your spirits up as I smooth off the rough edges when spending time with you each night. Rob Thomas and so many others gave us a gift this year, a gift of more music to add to our playlist. And I hope that you are drinking it in, enjoying it as much as I have been. There's just something about Christmas time. That's the name of the album, Something About Christmas Time. I think a lot of it is the time that I get to spend with you. Merry Christmas, my friends. Thank you for making this season of Love Someone the best season yet. I'll have more great guests and incredible conversations to share with you soon. Do me a favor. Take some time out of your holiday schedule to slow down and love someone. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.